Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. Joining us on today's show is ICR's CEO, Dr. Henry Morris III. He'll complete his five-part series on five reasons to believe in recent creation. God's holiness demands that His creation should not distort anything about Him or about the creation itself. God could not create processes that would counter His own nature or that would lead man to conclude something untrue about God. If the words of Scripture are true words, if they are God's words, then there can be no evolution in God's work. Stay tuned for today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation as Dr. Morris examines how God's character absolutely forbids evolutionary methods. Here's Dr. Morris. Everything God has created reveals His eternal power and triune nature in such a way that man has no excuse for not recognizing Him as Creator. In fact, the Apostle Paul makes this comment, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The they he's referring to there are people who hold truth in unrighteousness. Our universe is so vast that man has so far been unable to observe even the boundaries of space. The reservoirs of power that can be observed are so huge that there's no way of understanding how or why they came into being. Educated guesses abound, some of them pretty complex and fanciful like the Big Bang. But all one can really know is that the power seems both eternal and infinite. Time itself is a great mystery. Its existence is unquestioned, and careful attention is given to its passing— Man uses time and functions within it, but no one really understands what time is, how it came to be, or how to control it. What can be understood is that everything that exists, exists in space and through time. Even the mass energy, that is matter, seen and experienced every day, consists of various forms of energy and motion during time that produce specific phenomenon, that is, molecules and trees and planets and people and so on, in which we live and move and have our being. The universe is both uni, that is one, and verse, different. And while something of the three different manifestations of reality, space and matter and time, can be understood, they cannot be separated from the unit. Space is invisible and empty, but it's obviously not nothing. No one knows just what it is. Matter is similarly undefinable. Atoms can be split into small pieces, but not even the most gifted scientist can make an atom. In fact, one of the most universal laws of man's reality is that matter can neither be created nor destroyed. The universe could not have created itself. Man's understanding about the way universe functions is both simple and profound. Space is the omnipresent background and source of all reality. Everything that exists both resides in space and occupies space. 
Only when matter moving in and through time produces a phenomenon, an event, does space become evident, allowing us to observe the various things that can exist in space, like galaxies and stars and planets and trees and people. Space can be seen only when matter is present. But to experience anything, time is essential. Matter itself is an ongoing manifestation of complex energies functioning in a specific manner during time. A lifetime is just that, life functioning in and through time. For instance, if I wish to experience my wife, give her a hug or a good morning kiss, I must use time to cross the space to where her particular form of mass energy exists and to reduce the space that separates us so that we can actually make contact with each other. I labor through all of those difficult explanations about matter and time. What bearing does all this have on the character of God and the impossibility of evolutionary methods? Just this. The Bible clearly states that the created things provide a clearly seen illustration of the power and divine nature of the Creator. The universe becomes speech and language of God that reveals Him to all humanity. Put in a chart form, it would look something like this. Father is space. He's the invisible and the omnipresent source of things. The Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is like matter, visible, tangible, present reality. The Holy Spirit is like time, the sensed and felt, understood future of all things. God framed is like the Father. God manifested is like the Son. God experienced is like the Holy Spirit. In all of our normal function, in all of our universe, we understand that God really does show himself by the things that he's made. There's a whole lot more to this. The great character of God is revealed throughout the Scripture, and all of his character demonstrates that it's impossible that he could ever have anything to do with an evolutionary process. The whole concept of evolution is the exact diametric opposite of what God is like. After the break, we'll be talking about these things together, what it's like to see God's character in the things that are made. What happened to the dinosaurs? Are monkeys and people the same? Why do we live on Earth and not some other planet? Kids have some great questions about God's creation, but do you have the answers for them? At the Institute for Creation Research, our scientists and Bible scholars have produced The Guide to Creation Basics. This book contains full-colored images and fascinating commentary from experts in biology, geology, astronomy, and biblical study. Guide to Creation Basics can help teach your children how the animals could fit on Noah's Ark, how dinosaurs and humans could live at the same time, and how God's power and wisdom can be seen in something as small as a single cell. Find basic answers to your child's biggest creation questions. Order your copy of Guide to Creation Basics from the Institute for Creation Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting www.icr.org. This is Dr. Henry Morris. We've been talking about how the, the things that are made show the character of God in the things that are made. The ongoing creation act of God continues to perform the new birth to those who are created in righteousness and true holiness. Men and women are born into this world spiritually dead in trespasses and sin and must be passed from death to life. That change produces a new man, and that is made free from sin so that everything can be partakers of the divine nature, where the old things are passed away and all things are become new. 
How can we see that? Paul tells us we can clearly see God's nature. The preeminent attribute of God is holiness. This unique nature both drives and limits God's revelation of himself to his creation. There's none holy as the Lord. There is none beside thee. That's from 2 Samuel. This holiness requires truth. God cannot lie, Paul tells Titus. And whenever God reveals anything, he must reveal the truth about himself and his cause. God, when he was willing to abundantly show to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that's what Hebrews tells us, by two immutable things, one in which it was impossible for God to lie, he might have a strong consolation, a strong promise, a strong commitment. The biblical axiom is true whether applied to scientific research, educational philosophy, theological speculations, or heretical doctrines. For what if some did not believe, Paul says? Shall their unbelief in the faith of God be without effect? God forbid. Yes, let God be true and every man a liar, Paul says. The incarnate creator God must reveal truth, and that truth cannot be an untruth. When God speaks, he must speak the truth. When God acts, he must do the truth. God's holiness demands that the creation not distort anything about him or about the creation itself. God could not create a lie. He could not make anything that would inexorably lead to a wrong conclusion. God would not create processes that would counter his own nature or that would lead man to conclude something untrue about God. Because these are sacred truths, the age-long processes required by evolutionary naturalism are absolutely incompatible with the demands of a holy creator. Today, the most easily observable attribute of God is his omniscience. The unlimited power of God, his omnipotence, is displayed in the apparently infinite universe containing the immeasurable energy resources and the uncounted galaxies of space. Certainly, they speak of God's eternal power. But in the last few decades, humanity has become more aware of the infinite, complex nature of the universe. From the vast majesty of the stellar host to the minute beauty of the microscopic living organisms, this incredible design and order of the world is becoming more and more evident. Within the past decade, the vast information of the genome has stunned scientists. Not only are there instructions written for the biological development of the specific life form, but there are languages within languages, repair codes and timing signals and duplication mechanisms, an entire library of information that is unique for each of the millions of reproducing living systems on Earth. The old academic cliche, the more I know, the more I know I don't know, has never been more true than it is today. There's no such thing as a simple cell. If it's alive, it's not simple. The only reason not to believe in an omniscient creator is that one refuses to believe. Written throughout the text of God's words are many sections that tell about the infinite mind of the creator. His purposes and means are perfect and guided by wisdom and design, not allowed to drift randomly in confusion as an evolutionary God would be required to do. God's decisions do not change or falter, but they are assured perfection of holy goodness and absolute knowledge. Everything from the beginning of time has been determined according to the good pleasure of his will. 
There are so many examples in Scripture of this teaching. Human language may not be sufficient to completely convey the entire concept of omniscience, but several key elements can be summarized. God is not unaware of anything. He's not progressively aware. His knowledge is immediate, free from imperfection. God knows all there is to know. This is one of the greatest truths for us to rest on. That God knows you and loves you and gave himself for you. This is Dr. Morris signing off. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org.